you open your Bibles with me to the book of John chapter 1. Back in John chapter 1. And I'm going to read this morning, uh, started in verse 10. I want to read and then uh, pray over the word as we receive it today. John 1 in verse 10 says, He was in the world, and the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or the will of the flesh or the will of men, but of God, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him and exclaimed, this was the one of whom I said, the one coming after me ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. Indeed, we have all received grace upon grace from his fullness. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the one and only son who is himself God and is at the father's side. He has revealed him. He's revealed God to us. Amen. Father, as we receive your word today, I thank you that you open our eyes to the wonders of it, of who you are, what you've done and what you've done for us and on our behalf, what we receive in that. Holy Spirit, illuminate our hearts today with your word. Shine your light in us so that your light can shine forth out of us in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So we're, we're still on our Advent series. Advent talking about the arrival of a notable person on the scene. And we're talking about the advent of Jesus Christ. Today we're going to talk about arguably the, the biggest miracle in the Bible. Some argue that it's the most important miracle in the Bible because every other miracle that you read about is either preparing for this, exhibiting this, or flowing or resulting from this. Okay, none of it, none of it matters if we don't have this event in Bethlehem. If we don't have the word became flesh and dwelt among us, we're talking about the advent of a notable person, Jesus. And this is our third of four Sundays. Advent is the four Sundays before Christmas. And so the first one we touched on how we approach this holiday, this holy day, this day that's set apart. How do we receive from it what God has in it for us. And we talked about approaching it in a way that's unhurried without that, that feeling of hurry. And we define that as, or I, I found the definition as frantic effort that we fall into because of inadequacy, fear, or guilt. And we felt that frantic effort that, oh man, I got too much to do. I've got too much on my plate. There's so much. And again, we can be busy and not feel hurried. And so hopefully that's been going okay for you. I know we have to fight it as it shows up. Had to fight it a little bit last week after church, got home, ate lunch, sat down on the couch. It's nap time because listen, preaching makes you tired. And so I got the blanket and I'm stretched out and I'm just getting ready to close my eyes. And Kelly calls me from down the hallway. And she says, babe, you're not going to want to hear this but the washer quit working. It's still full of water. And I was like, 
So I get up and I go mess with it and it's dead. It's, it's an older, it was an older washer. It's like, it's definitely, definitely dead. Um, I was like, you know what? And so that hurry started to creep up. It's like, okay, now this, because this was, this last week was a pretty busy week. A lot of stuff going on, like most weeks. And I was like, the last thing I really want to be messing with right now is a washer on top of this. And, uh, you know, that started to creep. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to close the lid on it. I'm going to close the door on it. And I'm going to go finish my nap that I was about to take. And then we'll deal with this when I wake up. And so I did, you know, was able to rest in that. We went to go pick up the Fort Lookout stuff. And she's like, we'll just go this afternoon. We'll go pick up the Fort Lookout stuff. Sunday evening, you can go with me. You can help me load it. We get there and the people at the store act like they've never had anybody order anything before. They don't know what to do about. We get there first and they they say, well, the guy who's got to help you, he's on break. I'm like, that's fine. We'll wait for him to get back from break. That's not a big deal. He gets back from break. Nobody knows how to do it. Her and I are trying to help them. Well, maybe if you scan this part with the gun, maybe that'll make it work. Maybe you should try this. And then finally they just said, I think y'all are going to have to come back a different day when there's other people here that know how to do this. And I was like, well, we're really planning on getting this done today. Now I've got something else I've got, we've got to do another day. You know, we're moving stuff on the list and it started to creep up again. Like, and then the Lord just reminded me what I had read in Corinthians. I'm dwelling on this just a minute and I'm about to move on. But what I read in when Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he said, if I am afflicted, it is for your comfort. And I was like, Lord, I'm afflicted, but thank you that it's for somebody's comfort, that I can point to this, that it's for somebody's comfort. And thank you that we get to be a blessing, that we get that that this is the backside of the blessing, being able to do this and help people. We have to put up with a little bit of this type of stuff, but we can do that because it's for somebody else's comfort. So I hope that you've been able to proceed through this week uh, or this this time in that unhurried man, not falling into that frantic effort, right? And so we talked about that, how we approach this day. We talked about that he came. I mean, he came, amen. Why did he come? Why did Christ come into the world? And we read from verse 12 of chapter one, when it said to all who, who all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God and all that that means, all that it means to be a child of God. It's not just a cutesy wootsy phrase. It is who we are in Christ. And that's why he came was to testify of the truth. He said, this is the reason I came into the world was to testify of the truth. And he came to his own. They didn't receive him, but to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God. So last week was why he came this week. We're going to talk briefly about how he came, how he came into the world, what that looked like. Remember, if we went all the way back to the first of chapter one, starting in verse one, it talked about how in the beginning was the word. He was eternal, is eternal, everlasting light and life. And the word later, it calls him the son. And then in verse 17, calls him Jesus Christ. This is who he is. And then we see verse 14 that says the word again, which was eternal, everlasting light and life. The word in verse 14 became flesh and dwelt among us, became flesh and dwelt among us. We we talked about the quote from Augustine and I'll paraphrase it, that God made us for himself and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in him. That we were just like the ones in the song, mourning in lonely exile, apart from him, apart from the home that we knew existed, but we just couldn't reach. 
And he came into this world for us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. It reminded me of what Solomon said when he dedicated the temple. Will God dwell on the earth? Will God dwell with man? And that's what our heart asks. And so when we read that, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We want to look at that word dwell first before we go back and look at the word flesh. When we think of that, we think of dwelling address where you stay, that he lived with us and among us. To them, it would have had just a slightly different context, but almost the exact same that he tabernacled with them. That's what that word means, that he dwelled with us, that he tabernacled or put his tent up beside where our tent was set up. You know, when they lived in the wilderness after the exodus from Egypt, they lived in tents and shelters and tabernacles. And when he, when he uses that word, he's like that the, the God of all creation set up his tent in our neighborhood to put up his t tabernacle living where we live to live in our neighborhood is how the one, one translation has it in the in the new living. It says he made his home with us. The word who was with God and was God, who was in the beginning, who was the creator of all things. This is nothing was created except what was created through him and by him. Nothing that has been created was without him. Nothing that has been created was created. Nothing was created apart from him. Everything was created by him and through him. That same word became flesh, dwelt among us, put up his tent alongside ours became flesh and dwelt among us. So he who had always been began to be like us. He became flesh. A virgin was with child, conceived in her womb by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the prophecy was what? That his name would be called Emmanuel, God with us. It was God wrought and God worked. He was a temple not made by human hands. The maker was made flesh and dwelt among us or made his home with us. It reminded me of what it says in the book of Hebrews that we have a high priest going back to the King James uh, version translation. We do not have a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Our high priest is touched with the feelings of our infirmities, which means he's able to sympathize with our weaknesses because it goes on to say he was tempted in every way, just as we are, but without sin. He was tempted to, to be a sinner like we are, but he, he, he lived in this world without sin. Jesus, the son was embodied like us, for us, came down. The word condescended, that, that he stooped down. We read about that in the book of Philippians, that he assumed the form of a servant and was born in the likeness of humanity, which was humility, that he came as a man, flesh and blood, Emmanuel, God with us. And when you think on that, and that's what I, I mean, that's our main point today is just thinking on the incarnation, the embodiment of Jesus Christ here on the earth that he became flesh and dwelt among us. When you think about the incarnate son of God who created all things, cast the stars into their place that he also laid on the ground on this earth and looked up at them with eyes like yours and mine. 
probably better than mine because I wouldn't have been able to see him without correction. But like yours and like mine, he laid out underneath the stars that he had created and he looked on them with eyes like ours. And probably from laying on the ground, which is what they would do, he would wake up with some aches and pains and have to stretch out, weary from lying on the ground at night and sleeping, having to sleep. The God of creation who was in the beginning and who through whom all things were created condescended to become like us and he had to sleep. He had to rest because he became as we are yet without sin. The word became flesh. And we have to remember the flesh can get a bad rap because it's all, that word for flesh is also used to talk about our sinful nature. We see that further on in the New Testament, uh, the, the works of the flesh. But he came where his flesh didn't have those works. He didn't have those tendencies. He didn't have, though he had the temptations, he was without sin. And so never forget, your flesh in and of itself is fine. It's not a skin problem. It's a sin problem. Yeah. Amen. It's, not your, it's not your flesh in and of itself. It's the sin that you came here with. He came in flesh like ours and yet was without sin. He became flesh and dwelt among us. He reclaimed flesh so that he could redeem flesh. He put it on flesh and blood and bone and lived with us. How much of our Christian life do we think on our end when we get to ascend and be like him and we forget that he descended and became like us to make that possible? We think about where we're going. Amen. That's awesome. Yes, we should. Praise the Lord. But it's only possible because of where he came from and what he came into. And what he endured for us. We think about the cross, but we don't we don't always give uh, thought to those 30 some odd years that he was walking around here, kicking up dust on the earth, lying on the ground underneath those stars outside, dealing with the, the aches and pains of life. When from where he came from. That's a big deal, yeah. a big deal. And he did that. For us. And we talked about why did he come? He came so that we might have the right to be children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And how did he come? He came in the likeness of his own creation. He put on flesh and dwelt among us. He came in humility, assuming the form of a servant. And it said when we when they saw him. When they saw him, what did they see? John said, we got to see him every day. We were around him and what we saw was glorious. We saw him. He, he, he had full of glory, full of grace and full of truth, like God's one and only son. He talked about. Uh, the other John, his testimony, he testified concerning him, exclaiming, this was the one who I was talking about. The one coming after me ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. He's like, y'all haven't met this one yet, but he's different. He's unique. There's no one else like him. I've been trying to tell you, you haven't seen it yet, but you will see it. 
And it said in verse 16 that they received from him. We have all received grace upon grace from his fullness. Grace upon grace from his fullness that he contained everything that we have need of. And we receive from him grace upon grace that the law came through Moses. You're like, yeah, Moses is awesome. That was a big deal up until that point. The law came through Moses. But this mediator is different. Moses was the one who went back and forth between God and the people. Remember, you can read about that in the book of Exodus. He said this mediator is different. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And so you see even the difference here from the beginning of chapter one, when it says in the beginning was the word and he was with God and he was God. And then it says he became flesh. And in 17, it, 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 it tells us that he became the flesh in flesh, Jesus Christ. You see the difference between the two, even though he's the same. I said, no one has seen God, but the son, the unique one is how the new living says it. I really like that. He's the unique one. There's no one else like him. No one has seen God, but the son who is unique has revealed him. And again, what did he reveal? What did they see? And according to John, who saw him a lot, he's like, we saw grace and truth and glory in the person of Jesus Christ, because the word became flesh to redeem his people and to reveal the father. He came so that he could reveal the father and redeem his people because all who received him would have the right to become children of God. He put on flesh so that he could lay it down for us. He put on flesh so that he could die in our place so that he could lay it down on our behalf. And that's what we're talking about when we celebrate Advent, when, when, we, when we lead up to Christmas, our focus being on Him because it can real quick get about us. We put our focus on Him. This is, again, the incarnation. Without this, th this is the biggest and most important miracle. Every other one prepares the way for it, exhibits it, or points to it, is a result from it. Without it, without Him coming, the word becoming flesh and dwelling among us. The rest of the story is not very good. It wouldn't be good for us. Put it that way. It wouldn't be good for us. If he doesn't come, he can't die. If he doesn't die for us, we're dead in our sins and trespasses. None of this is here without the baby born in Bethlehem, whose name was Jesus. In our great need, he showed up. And it says he's able to sympathize with us because he came here like we are, flesh and blood like us. He brought home down with him to those who were in exile. Brought home down with him so that we could rise with him in glory. So when we sing songs like that, oh, come Emmanuel, come God with us and ransom captive Israel. We feel that that much more. That Israel's mourning in lonely exile here. We feel that and we felt it in our heart. But aren't you glad he didn't leave us feeling that way? And our great needy showed up. Remember, kindness is sticky. The greater the need, the more monumental it is when that need is met. The more it means. 
You can give out of something that you have and that's good, but that's not monumental. But when you receive something that you needed desperately but didn't have, how much more monumental is that? To receive something that you desperately needed. And we were in desperate need for him. And he became flesh and dwelt among us that his tent moved in next door, said, I live with you. You live with me. And because I'm doing this, you'll live with me forever. What we had was exile and absence and restless need, restless hearts. And he became like us, dwelt among us so that we could become like him, so that we could be redeemed and make our home with him forever and for all time. The word became flesh and dwelt among us so that all who would receive him would receive from him the right to be children of God. Let's read that part through again. And I'm going to close. We're going to close early today. I said, I, I, I was like, Lord, I, I could say a whole lot more about this, but I really want to just put forth what you did what you did for us, that that would be our takeaway today. Our takeaway as we go into this week and we get to minister to others, his love that, that he would be in flesh in their midst because we're there. The body of Christ is there. The, the, the ones that are carrying his spirit today are there. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we observed his glory, the glory as the one and only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him and exclaimed, this was the one of whom I said, the one coming after me ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. Indeed, we have all received grace upon grace from his fullness for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the one and only son who is himself God and is at the father's side. He has revealed him to us. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for John chapter one. Thank you that we see our exile and we see our loneliness apart from you, our restless hearts, and we see that Christ came. He who was eternal came in the form of a servant, became flesh and dwelt among us. You can sympathize with how we feel. You know what it's like to live in a flesh and bone body like we do. Yet you did it without sin and you did it for us. You were afflicted so that we could be comforted. I thank you that you didn't leave us alone, but you entered into our exile and brought home with you and that we would never forget, but always remember what you've done for us and God, what it means, how pivotal and how important it is in the story of the whole world that you became flesh and dwelt among us and that we would celebrate it special and anew this time of the year that we would remember what this is really all about, that when we were in our greatest need, you showed us the greatest kindness, becoming like us so that we could become like you. I thank you for the miracle of that. 
And as we prepare to go today, I thank you, Lord, that we leave in peace and unity together with each other. All the things we've got planned and purposed for this week, specifically to bring the kingdom out of this place and into this community. Lord, I thank you that you bless those efforts in the name of Jesus. That if anything would try to hinder or, 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 or stall that, Lord, that, that you move it out of the way in Jesus' name. You move hindrances out of the way. You move stumbling blocks out of the way. And as these gifts go forth, that your good news goes with it, that we're doing these things in your name to bless others in your name because you've been such a great blessing to us. And I thank you that it will be sticky in their life, that it will adhere to them. And Lord, even if they can shake it a little bit today, they won't shake it off and it will be there for days and weeks and years to come. They'll remember the kindness that was done to them in your name. And that they will see the good works of the body and glorify our Father in heaven. I thank you, Lord, that the enemy can't steal it as the word goes forth today, that it'll, that it'll be planted like good ground, that it'll, that, that it'll bring forth fruit in a way that we could never cause it to. And I thank you, Lord, that you help us to persevere. Because I know there is some affliction that comes along with doing things like this, but that we're afflicted for their comfort like you were afflicted for ours. And that we won't grow weary in well-doing, but that we'll see the harvest come in if we don't lose heart. I thank you that your kingdom come and your will be done on this earth, in our community, from this house, as it is in your heaven. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.